Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. I'm with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We Every week we talk to the good bishop about his tweets, about the catechism of the Catholic Church, and how you can get to heaven. Because I'm not going to talk to the bishop about uh, the baseball playoffs. I'm, I mean, I love baseball. Bishop Strickland, I'm sure you, you're aware of uh, your Houston Astros, and I'm here at the Los Angeles Dodgers. But guess what? That's not that important when it comes to eternity. Well, Bishop Strickland, yep. I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, on your tweets. I, I love asking you about why you do these tweets. And uh, you mentioned on the 29th of September about a 50-day, 54-day no- rosary novena starting October 7th. You said, may all of us embrace this prayer for our world, our nation, and our church. And then I think you just called it for what it is. Evil is rampant, but God is still the Lord of creation. Let us turn to his son, Jesus Christ. Can you share with us a little bit about the 54-day rosary novena? Yeah, it's just uh, we did this before in the diocese, and really I'm, I'm calling the diocese, and anyone who wants to join us, basically a 54-day novena is yeah. just six novenas, one right after the other, but just encouraging the prayer and remembering that prayer and the rosary are really our greatest weapon Mm. because they remind us we're not in charge. God's still the Lord of creation. He's the Lord of each of us. And it's just a good way to be reminded of what is true. And whatever we're facing, if we are right with God, we will overcome whatever this world can dish out. That's what we need to pray. A lot of people are fearful. Uh, A lot of people are confused and and saddened and depressed. You you can't blame them. I mean, there's just so many crazy things going on. And, you know, the uh, mandates all over the place for vaccines that, I mean, I believe people have the freedom to choose to be vaccinated or not, but they need to use their free will and not have some anyone mandated. I mean, it's just not the way we need to operate in this country or in the church to be mandating things that are against somebody's conscience. Um, Let me just jump in because you had a a van come down from a large city in Texas to tell, to say, thank you. I mean, we heard about this, but can you tell us because you said things that most bishops aren't saying, and I, I have all respect for the individuals who want to get vaccinated. All power to you. Go ahead and do it, but don't force it. So what were they coming up to Tyler, Texas, to tell you? Well, just to thank me for my leadership, for speaking out on, you know, all the things we talk about yeah. here on, on this radio program. Yeah. The sanctity of life, the Mm -hmm. sanctity of marriage, God made us male and female, the the importance of of living the sexual morality, and the importance of confessing our sins when we we fall away from whatever I mean there there's seven deadly sins Mm -hmm. and they touch on the very basic ways that we can be broken. Lust is one of them, very significant in our time. But there's also greed and gluttony. There's sloth and wrath. There's envy and pride. Pick which one is your greatest weakness and confess it. Acknowledge 
Um, you know, pride is a huge sin in our world today, maybe one of the overriding sins, because when we really let pride take over, then we pretend we're God. Yep. That is the sin of our culture and our world at this point, is thinking that we're in charge and that we control it all. And so many of the people in Washington or whatever capital of the world think they're running running the world. And that pride is a collective destruction for all of us when we forget God. Um, so we just need to really remember the truth and to do our best to live it with joy and strength. And, you know, that's what we need to talk about. That's what I talked to these people about. Mm -hmm. uh, they came out in a caravan wow. to thank me for, as far as I'm concerned, just talking, like we said, reading the catechism out loud, yeah. telling people you have free will, use your conscience. If, if your conscience guides you to do whatever, that's what you should do. And, and make sure that your conscience is formed well. May, learn the best you can. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to find the truth on things in today's culture because the media is too corrupt. But the truth that you can find, make your best choices using your free will. And for anyone to deny the free will of another person, it's called tyranny. Yeah. Whether it's tyranny of a state or tyranny of whatever group or tyranny of one person over another. Yeah. If you're not allowed to use your free will, it's tyranny. Well, Bishop Strickland, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm good at doing that. On my phone, I just got word today that uh, because of Texas, where you're sitting in, Texas, the great state of Texas, regarding the heartbeat law, a male Democrat lawmaker proposed in Pennsylvania legislation to force men to have vasectomies once they have three kids or before they turn four, when they're 40 years in response to the Texas abortion ban. Now, that's exactly what you're just talking about. How in the world are they going to... That's tyranny, tyranny. I mean, how can they do that? Now, I just want to get your gut reaction. Is this <laughs> Democrat male? Is he serious? But they're upset about Texas, and they're doing all kinds of crazy things. What are your thoughts about that? Well, it's, a, it's another crazy thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that having a vasectomy is yeah. immoral. Amen. Um, and to coerce someone yes. to mandate to, that you do something that you know is immoral, that, you know, that's what people have died for in the past. And, you know, we might reach that point again where people just have to say, you're going to have to take my life rather than force me to do something that I know is morally repugnant. And, you know, the, there's so many things wrong with that it it's just it's ridiculous it's sad it's corrupt yeah it's just bad <laughs> well, very bad bishop strickland i know i'm just before i get to your next tweet i'm reading the life of dietrich von hildebrand his autobiography and his it's called um, my battle with hit hitler and in 1933 people think well hey the church is kind of weak right now we're not really speaking the truth We've been here before. In 1933, Dietrich von Hildebrand points out that 
the bishops of Germany uh, excommunicated Nazis when they were trying to take power. But as soon as the Nazis took power in 33, 1933, 10 days after that, we caved in as a church. You know what we said? We take back the, the excommunication, and now you're in good standings with the church. And I just really? think, yeah, this, this shocked me. I did not know this, Bishop Strickland. Oh, I didn't either. Well, but you see, people think, oh, well, this is just a modern church comp. No, they, we have had pressure on us before, and we've got pressure on us now. I want to look to the saints. I don't want to look to prelates who compromise because of convenience. And that's what that well, was. Terry, that's exactly what we need to do. And I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I didn't know that. I mean, I'm always learning. No. And uh, we need to remember, like you've just said, we need to remember that the church has always been resisted. Amen. That the heresies started at the very beginning and have continued in one form or another. Yep. Basically, the heresies that um, the church struggled with in the early centuries, we still have those with different names or different attitudes, but... It's heretical when the faith is denied in whatever way. Um, you know, there people might say, oh, transubstantiation in the Blessed Sacrament is antiquated language <laughs> or something. I mean, I've read that I've just read recently. That too. I know who said it. I won't say his name, but go ahead. <laughs> but that is called heretical. Exactly. Heretical means contrary to the faith. Amen. Heterodox, heretical is not according to the deposit of faith. And that's what I keep harping on, because I promise as a bishop to defend it. Thank you. To defend the deposit of faith. If you, if you, one of the heresies, many of the heresies have to deal with Christ himself. Yeah. And if you start saying, oh, he wasn't really God or he wasn't really man. I mean, one of the heresies I was reading about that um, the Albigensian controversy in the kind of in the middle ages one root of that or one branch of that basically said christ wasn't god or man he was just sort of a phantom that came and you know dealt with humanity i mean it's just you can have all kinds of heretical teachings we know that the truth that christ is fully god and fully man it's easy. Uh, I just went to a conference and they were talking about all of that. It's easy to get to mistakenly say yeah. something that's heretical, not intending to, but it's just a, yeah, it's because it, you have to use such sure. precise language. Yep. That's why I say Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. Amen. To start expanding too far beyond that, I could get myself in trouble because it's complicated. The Trinity yeah. It's hard to express that without saying something that you could really say that is getting away from the truth. That's called material heresy when you, you really don't know what you're saying and you say something wrong. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get a quote from St. John Paul II, the great. Oh, did I call him the great? Yes, I did. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I don't know if you're like me, but it's the afternoon here in California, and I always look forward to talking to Bishop Strickland about our Catholic faith because 
what it does for me is it builds my faith, and I hope it builds your faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bishop Strickland, you've got a quote here from St. John Paul II's. He gave this message back in 1978, the year I started St. Joseph Communications. What's that, 43 years ago? And it says uh, this, But above all, I beg you, I implore you, I love this, let us return to live in the grace of God, to frequent the sacraments, to practice the virtues, to be good Christians, faithful to the promises of our baptism, in an authentic witness of Christ. Man, I haven't seen that in years. What made you tweet that one? I, I, how did you even find it? <laughs> well, I, I read an article where it was quoted and uh, wow. just said, That's a home run. I need to tweet that. I need to share that because this was in 1978 yeah. when he had just become Pope. Um, right. That was the second year I was in the seminary. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so it, it's just prophetic. Yeah. And, you know, I just love the way, it, you know, he was a drama student. We know yeah. that. Yeah. And you can hear the, the dramatic tone that he uses with the, the good use of language and, and calling people, imploring people to wake up to the truth of Jesus Christ. And, man, do we need that message today. You got that right. <clears throat> Bishop Strickland, the month, well, the 29th of September, we did the uh, Archangels. We've got uh, Guardian Angels. we got lots of feast days talking about angels. So you tweeted, angels exist for the glory of God. Let us follow their example and sing. Hosanna in the highest. God, is, God save us. And uh, you said on this feast day, you know, let us thank our Lord for the Archangels who have often entered into history as messengers in God's providential plan of salvation. Let us also remember our close connection with them in Christ and frequently turn to them for their intercessory protection and assistance in times of trouble. And boy, are we in times of trouble. Give us your thoughts on the angels. Well, the, absolutely, we need to remember the angels and I remember a few years ago, there were very popular images of angels and people talking about angels. And But what I've encouraged is, whether they're popular or not in the culture, they're just a constant reminder of many things, really. But one of the great things that angels remind us is that creation and everything that flows from the love of God is so much more, it's so much richer, so much more profound than we can ever fully grasp and understand. Angels remind us that the supernatural truth that we know through the sacraments, we know the in, in the incarnation of the Son of God, that that supernatural truth is pervades every aspect of our lives. We tend to, in our humanity, we tend to reduce truth to the natural truth. Yep. The things that we can sense, the things that we can measure, the things of this world that we can think we fully understand. Um, I was at a great talk recently mm -hmm. by um, a physician 
And he talked about the the wonder of the human brain. Mm. And he remind and I've always been I've always loved science and medicine. It's sort of I, I wouldn't call it a hobby really, but I love to read articles about mm. how the body works and the the tremendous wonder that each of us is. And the what always amazes me is that you know so many of us are walking around having what we call a normal day and there's so much intricate chemistry and the the operations of life are can go haywire in so many ways and to just have a normal day yeah. is is a supernatural gift itself it is it is not just normal what we call normal it's it should be seen as an extraordinary gift and that's what i think angels remind us of because this doctor was talking about the reality mm-hmm. that the human mind as soon as we are awakened to life even in the womb oh yeah <clears throat> all of that's recorded he said that he could you know i mean put a probe in a a, a man's brain yeah and if he hit the right nerve or the right section of the brain, that that man could recall the whole text of a book that he had read. Wow. That's how how amazing the mind is. And and that's just one part of us. I mean, it's it's the most intricate part of us. I mean, neuroscience is just sort of ironically mind-blowing how just how intricate the brain is and how tremendous it is and but to to say that we have recorded everything we've seen in everything that we've heard wow in everything that we've read is all i mean it's we talk about supercomputers and how marvelous they are they pale in comparison to the healthy mind of one person wow Wow. wow, wow, wow. Bishop Strickland, we had the feast of the little flower. Uh, I love the little flower. I know you've talked about her in the past because she has very close to you also. You tweeted, without love, deeds, even the most brilliant, count as nothing. Tell us why you wanted to you know, tweet that about the little flower. Well, we have some great saints as we begin October, of course, October 1st mm-hmm. with St. Teresa of the Little Flower of the Infant Jesus um, didn't live long and uh, didn't accomplish anything in, in worldly terms, but a tremendous, a doctor of the church. Yep. Because she knew the Lord so deeply. And, and her insight was, we just need to love. And, and I think a beautiful aspect of, of St. Teresa's insight is what John's gospel tells us, God is love. The very essence of God is love. And so her insight was really a tremendous insight that we need to be imitators of our God. We need to recognize that he accomplishes everything through love, that we are an expression of his love. And the more we love purely and truly Amen. in the image of God, the more we are in the image of God, the more we can accomplish through love. And it's sad that through human history, 
so much hatred has motivated so much destruction when love is the greatest force and love conquers all love never fails all of that from scripture really reminds us of what saint Therese's insight really is about to love is to tap into the greatest power in the universe and that is the life of god wow Bishop Strickland, you got a quote here uh, about living in the world in the 21st century, and one of my friends just tweeted me this, uh, saying that she's in a university. I won't say the name of the university, but she said, all of my classes are online. I won't take a step on the campus. I've already paid for my semester, and we're a week into the classes, and my university just called to tell me they are dropping my classes if I don't report to them about my vaccination. So this is just... A, a bully to try and tell people you have to be vaccinated, even though they're not even going to see this person. They're doing their classes online. The, the reason I bring this up because of what your tweet just said. Here's the tweet, and then I'm going to tie it into this story. This is good advice to this young lady. You said, this is a thoughtful consideration of where we find ourselves in 2021. Let all who love Jesus Christ and his church seek to support each other in facing the challenges of being in the world, but not of the world. This little girl is facing a huge challenge. She's trying to get her education, and they're overstepping their boundaries by forcing her to get a vaccination that she'll they'll never see her on campus. That just seems to be like tyranny. I mean, that's just unacceptable. But Bishop Strickland, I know you've seen these stories, but what you're encouraging people, if I'm correct, is stay focused on your personal holiness and on following Jesus. But what advice would you give to a girl like that? Well, I would say (laughs) stick to her guns. Um, We need to, people need to speak up, and they're they're starting to. Yeah, they are. Um, But people need to speak up for their rights and and say no, that you have no right to close your institution to me because I've made my choice not to be vaccinated. Um, it it really is. And if we look at the whole since March of 2020, right? If we look at the whole history of this COVID confusion and everything, what were they telling us back in March of 2020? Oh, I remember that a couple of weeks. That's right. Flatten the curve. Yep. And it'll all be over with. Really. And it's hard to know what is true, but we know that didn't turn out to be the truth, did it? Nope. Whether or not they were manipulating the truth at that time, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about that. I don't know, but I I do know you can look with your own eyes and use your brain to just follow what has happened since March of 2020. And so many things have not that they... I mean, a president says, oh, we won't mandate this. And then what's next? It's being mandated. I mean, people go back on their word and not just people in government, but really in all facets of society, in the church. And we really need to anchor ourselves in the truth that God has revealed to us. Because as as we look at all of this, 
You, you talk about Nazi Germany. You talk about communism. You talk about any of the the periods of history through the at the time of Christ. There was corruption. A lot of corruption is the reason he ultimately was crucified. If people had been really living the truth that they had received at that point, of course, Christ is truth incarnate. And when they rejected him, no wonder they were in bad shape. But even the, the, the religious community, the, the hypocrisy of, of the Jews not living, even if they had questions about Christ, the corruption that allowed him to be crucified was a collusion between church and state. Amen. When we come back, we're going to talk about the guardian angels and why the unemployment rate's way too high for them. Put them to work. We'll be right back with Bishop Strickland, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. For those of you watching on the TV, you see me getting up. I'm too hyper. I cannot sit for more than a, what, 15 minutes for a, a break because I just, I'm excited about our Lord. And I, I'm excited because we're talking about our Catholic faith. That's, there's nothing more excitable than talking about God and how to get to heaven. And one of the things Bishop Strickland uh, tweeted on is on the Guardian Angel Feast Day. That would have been October 2nd. And you said we're celebrating Guardian Angels today. Angels remind us that the world God has created for us is more full of wonder, mystery, than we can imagine. Let us seek the sacred heart of Jesus and open our hearts to live his truth more deeply. O angel of God, my guardian dear, and I'll just finish my, from whom God love commits me here, forever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule and guide, from sinful stain, O keep me free. And in death's hour, my helper be. I pray that prayer every day. Why? Because I want to put my angel to work because he has a job description to help me get to heaven. So Bishop Strickland, you are promoting angels big time. Uh, Again, do you have a great devotion yourself to your guardian angel? Because as a bishop, I'm told, a priest or bishop, you've got a second angel working overtime for you. Well, I certainly hope so. Um, <laughs> I love it. I can use a whole battalion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. So, but yeah, go ahead. Like we were saying, the the angels remind us mm-hmm. we don't have it all figured out. Yeah, there are mysteries beyond us. Yeah, life is richer than we can measure, mm-hmm. and God has created angels. He's created us. He's created a world, and. God rejoices in it. Um, I mean, that's one thing I think that we really need to remember. Even those who we get frustrated with yeah. and we get, you know, I get frustrated. And I rail at politicians, people in the church, anyone who is saying something that I know isn't true, isn't according to what the church teaches, isn't not just what the church teaches, but the truth that God has revealed to us. There's too much false gospel out there, but we always have to remember God loves all of us. God is love. 
He never ceases to love us. He ultimately tells us that we will all face a judgment of whether we have basically loved him back, whether we have followed the will of God and ultimately chosen to turn from sin and to constantly reform our lives according to God's will in humility. Um, God gives us every opportunity, but doesn't force us. That's what we have to remember. If God doesn't force us, even he knows it's for our own good. He knows that it is for our salvation, but he doesn't force us to choose him. If God leaves us free, even to not choose him, then in order to honor God, we've got to leave people free to use their God-given free will and to make their own choices. And to the angels, I think, remind us that we just need to always remember the wonder of life that God offers us is beyond our complete understanding. And to keep that mystery there, to keep the the fullness of the story always beyond us. And to remember, even those that we get frustrated with, that God's still loving them into life, giving them the opportunity until their last breath to turn from sin and to embrace the life of God. Um, So, whether it's a world leader or a national leader or a leader in the church or just a leader of a company or just the the person next door, anyone who is not teaching or living according to the truth that God has revealed to us, God's love is still there for them. And we're challenged that our love is still there for them. We need to pray for anyone who is on the path of darkness, and there are many, in our world that are just gleefully embracing evil and say almost daring us to to even question the evil that they're embracing ultimately it does the greatest harm to them yeah yeah they can take away things from us but they thankfully can't invade our hearts and cause us to deny god they can try to make us through human suffering and through physical suffering, but they can't ultimately change. They can't take away our free will. They can manipulate things so that what should be a free will choice is no longer available to us. But even then, they can't take away our free will. Well, so that fits right into your next uh, tweet because you talk about uh, quoting Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Thank you very much. I love that. He said, uh, tolerance has degenerated into indifference to truth. This was written so many years ago, but it's so true today. He said, once the world gives virtue and vice, good and evil, an equal hearing and allows to vote to determine which will be chosen, there is no need to count the ballots. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Goodness will inevitably be led to the cross. So I I think of the Church of Germany right now. I'm sorry, Bishop Strickland, that's off the court. I, but I'm thinking, we got to have distinctions between truth and error. What, what made you quote Sheen on this? Because I, I love that quote. 
Yeah. Well, I think once again, he hits the nail on the head um, to say that, you know, we hear so much about tolerance and to tolerate falsehood is destructive for me and for the, the whole of society. We have to seek and live the truth as fully as we can. Um, tolerance is, you know, it, I mean, there's, there's room for tolerance, but it's distorted in our time. And obviously it was in the time of Archbishop Sheen. Um, I mean, I, I'd love for him to be in our world today. Oh boy. (laughs) As, as forcefully as he spoke many times, 50 years ago, um, I just can't imagine him not speaking just as forcefully or more forcefully about the lunacy that we see unfolding in our world today. I got to tell you, I dream that I meet Bishop Sheen now in my own life, and I have dialogues with him about the world today. And I mean, it's stunning, some of the conversations I have. Bishop Strickland... I think of someone who Bishop Sheen knew, at least through writing to, and that was Padre Pio. You did a fantastic tweet that really set us in a balance in this world because it seems like it's reversed right now in the world. You quoted St. Padre Pio. He said, I fear God's judgment, not man's judgment. I thought that was spot on. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Because that's what is fearing man's judgment yeah. is what's driving the world exactly. today and too much of the church. Yeah. Man's judgment is not what we need to be worried about. It's a temporary problem. <laughs> exactly. We need to worry about the eternal problem of God's judgment and do our best in humility to embrace the will of God and turn from anything that takes us from the will of God. Man, it seems like these tweets just keep getting better here. Here's a great one from St. Francis of Assisi about the Mass, the source and summit of the Christian life. This quote I'm using on my show tomorrow on the Terry and Jesse show, it grabbed me. St. Francis of Assisi said, A man should be seized with fear, the earth should tremble, and the heavens rejoice exceedingly when Christ, the Son of the living God, descends upon the altar in the hands of the priest. Oh, admirable and greatness, stupendous, Consentus, uh, oh, sublime humility. This was written, what, is this 800 years ago, Bishop Strickland? And, 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 and yeah. it's true today. Yeah, yeah that, is, uh, that comes from this great book that I've mentioned before. What's that? Going through the centuries, basically from the very beginning, uh, right as the church was forming, all the way through, great quotes that it, it is a... Uh, Basically, a daily reading mm-hmm. for October 4th, it, it had that quote from St. Francis. Wow. And some of the, the ways the, the saints speak of their faith in the, the presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, it is just beautiful, it's inspiring, and it, it really is the remedy to the lack of faith that too many people have now. If we can really be expose ourselves to these great saints 
and blesseds and teachers that have lived through the ages talking about the significance of the blessed sacrament. Mm. I mean, St. Clair is known for holding the monstrance Amen. And, and holding off uh, attacks yep. to the monastery there. I mean, there are just so many great stories. And, and so I was inspired by that reading and I was able to, to get just the gist of it there in that tweet of, and, you know, to, it, it speaks of fear, but Holy and, fear. And, and <laughs> some people would say, oh, well, we, we shouldn't yeah. be afraid. And it's not, it's awe yeah. is maybe a better I word, so. but well, yeah. the idea of holy fear yeah, or awe, yep. but just awareness. In, I mean, I think there are a lot of things in the world much paling. I mean, not even, <laughs> no comparison yeah. with the wonder of the Eucharist that people would be in awe of or even have a reverential fear toward mm -hmm. that it's just things of the world. Exactly. In awe of, oh, what this computer can do or what this machine can do, even of the human mind. But that should pale in comparison to the awe that we should have for the presence of the Lord hey, in the Eucharist. Hey, man, and don't forget the angels are with you at Mass. The church is filled with angels at the time of Mass. I thought about that today. I hope you can think about that because it really motivates me. When we come back, we're going to get our catechisms opened up. Paragraph 244. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Now we go into the format of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And the reason we do that for our, our new listeners is we think it's really important that we study our faith with an organized approach. And the Catechism does just that. So everyone should have a Catechism. And I just want to give this advice. And Bishop Strickland, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm, I'll stand corrected if I'm wrong. But it seems to me that in the time we're living in right now where there's a lot of confusion in the church, uh, if people aren't sure about what priest or bishop or whoever said something about the faith, that they can go into their catechism, look up that topic, and see what officially is taught, and that way they can judge whether that bishop or whoever priest, or unfortunately some people in the church, are teaching something that's contrary to the perennial teachings. I'm asking everybody to have the catechism because that will give clarity to what the church actually teaches. If for some reason you hear something like, oh, we don't believe in purgatory anymore. Look up the word purgatory and see what the church teaches on that officially. Because what I'm hearing from a lot of people, Bishop Strickland, is that they're not quite sure because sometimes they hear things from the pulpit that just aren't in line with what they were taught as kids and they're a little confused. So my advice is pull out your catechism, look it up, reassure yourself that that hasn't changed. Is that a, is that a good advice for, for individuals today? Absolutely. Um, the catechism, that's really what it's for, is to be a reference to, to just ask the questions mm -hmm. that people have and make sure that, you know, they um, get the, the official answer of the church. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's go to paragraph 245. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate. And um, 245 says, The apostolic faith, that means all the way back to the time of Christ, concerning the Spirit, 
was confessed by the Second Ecumenical Council of Constantinople. That was back in 381. Our church is old. Wow. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. Does that sound familiar, everybody? I hope it does. By this confession, the church recognizes the Father as the source and origin of the whole divinity. But the eternal origin of the Spirit is not unconnected with the Son's origin. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is God, one and equal with the Father and the Son, and of the same substance and also of the same nature. Yet, he is not called the Spirit of the Father alone, but the Spirit of both the Father and the Son. The creed of the church from the Council of Constantinople confesses with the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. Wow! We just have that same faith. What? We say that, Bishop Strickland, today. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Um, it's awesome. And, and, and that, that really makes some clarity of what we believe about, you know, clarity of, of, of the Trinitarian life that we're all called to be. So I just think that's a great paragraph to teach people the, the Holy, about what the role of the Holy Spirit and how it all fits in. Very good. <clears throat> all right. Bef <clears throat> we can go to the next paragraph if you're ready. Okay, that's paragraph 246. The Latin tradition of the creed confesses that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Council of Florence in 1438 explains, The Holy Spirit is eternally from the Father and the Son. He has his nature and substance as one from the Father and the Son. He proceeds eternally from both as from one principle and through one spiration. And... Since the Father has through generation given to the only begotten Son everything that belongs to the Father, except being Father, the Son has also eternally from the Father, from whom he is eternally born, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son. Wow! You sure they articulate a lot there, Bishop Strickland. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's... Really, as great as, as the catechism is mm -hmm. and the, the writing is, it ultimately becomes a mystery that where we sort of hit a brick wall of, of understanding. It's beyond us, and we have to, to simply acknowledge that. But yeah. the church has given us a lot to understand that basically what we're talking about. And, and a lot of the heresies kind of illustrate where we can go wrong and and that's where the church helps us to get back on track with who God is, Father, Son, and Spirit, and the relationship between the Father and the Son. I mean Christ says in the gospel that when you see the Father, you see the Son. Mm -hmm. And when you see the Son, you see the Father. And the Spirit coming forth. Now that that paragraph two forty four Yes, I really like the 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 focus on time mm -hmm. because we tend to forget that God is timeless. Time is a creature. Time is something that 
is a factor of created realities. I mean, without creation, there is no time. Time is a function of creation. It's the, the sun and the planets revolving and, and all of those things that we take for granted. But we're so rooted in time that it's, it's beyond us to, to think of totally timeless. But that is God, the eternal God. No beginning, no end. I remember even as a kid thinking about that, and it blew you away. Literally blows your mind. No. But we're not meant to fathom how could God exist outside time. But I think we need to remind ourselves of that, even though we can't claim to understand what the full repercussions of that. But to just be reminded that time is part of part of our created life. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at the mechanisms of time, and it it begins to illustrate that. I mean, even as you read the book of Genesis, yes, um, we we use the language of on the first day and and God's creation, and certainly that is language that helps us to get a basic understand that it's all from God. But when you talk about on the first day before there is a sun and a planet, then how, how does a day happen? But we don't have all the answers. No. But I think that this paragraph really just reminds us um, God has deemed us worthy. And I reflect on this a lot in my prayer before the, the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament that Jesus in the Incarnation enters into creation, enters into time. And, and I like to think about in my prayer that what a delight it must have been for Jesus to, to grow up in his creation, yeah. to like to be conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to go through all of that gestation in the womb, to be born into this world. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the teachers of the church tell us that as St. Paul says in his language, that he didn't deem equality with God something to be grasped at. He laid it aside, even though he was still God, but he entered into what it means to be a man like you and I, to, to go to sleep at night, to get up in the morning, to be hungry, to need a drink, to do all the human functions, Mm -hmm. even though he is fully God at the same time. Again, we can't really fathom how that works. And so I think it's a great reminder that we're called to embrace a mystery that is beyond us. We get little glimpses as as the apostles and the transfiguration got glimpses of who Christ really was at his baptism. The, the cloud spoke and the father's voice was heard speaking of his beloved son, But those glimpses remind us that it's beyond our understanding. And people rebel against that. But I think it's also beautiful to remember and to end faith to be reminded that God is so much greater than we can ever understand in this life. And that, I think, is what these paragraphs really help us to capture as we contemplate the mystery of the Trinity.
Well said. I want to give a plug to your institute, Bishop Strickland. Can you share with us that, please? Absolutely. The St. Philip Institute, stphilipinstitute.org, is chock full of these kinds of teachings. It's, a, it's an institute for catechesis and evangelization. It helps people delve into the catechism in very practical ways, telling stories and teaching in ways that help all of us to um, embrace who we are and the mystery of God's plan for each of us. Every person is a wondrous gift from God, and that's how we need to live. And that's what the St. Philip Institute is helping us to know, God's truth. Awesome. Can we get a blessing from you, Bishop Strickland, before we run out of time, please? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Terry Barber and all of his crew and all who are participating in this radio program, those who will listen later, that it may strengthen all of us in knowing the wonder of you, the mystery of your love and seeking that light more deeply in our lives and sharing it with our family, our circle of friends, and all the lives we touch. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bishop Strickland, thanks again for your time on teaching us our Catholic faith and your tweets. If people want to get more tweets from your good bishop, just go onto Twitter and type his name, and you'll you'll start receiving his tweets directly before we even talk about them on the radio. Also, for those brand-new people, we have all of the podcasts from previous shows on vmpr.org. You can get all of the podcasts of Bishop Strickland by vmpr.org. Matter of fact, you can get all of the shows uh, that we have produced here at Virgin Most Powerful. And we have a brand new show coming up with Barbara McWiggin, Fight the Good Fight. It's about pro-life, and she's been involved for 40 years doing this. She's had 25 years of radio history. She's joining our team, as Bishop Strickland does once a week here at Virgin Most Powerful, with one purpose. Yes, to share the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and help people get to heaven. So please, if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, you can become a monthly donor and get all kinds of good programming linked back right to you by going to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. May God richly bless you and your family. And thanks for supporting our mission to teach the Catholic faith and to get people to heaven through its apostolic teachings, the perennial teachings of the Catholic faith. Thanks for all your support again for helping us do just that. God love you and full sheen ahead.